and welcome to Are You Serious? Episode number 37. Mm. We've made it to 37. Yeah, yeah, cranking our way into February. Yeah, uh, last episode was a good one. A good one. Um, Also, I was looking at some of the numbers and reading a couple things on how to become a better podcaster. Yeah. We're going to talk about that next episode. So there's a tease in the next week. Okay. So get ready. Okay. We're going to see how good we're doing. Okay. <laughs> I think we can improve on some things. Scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did read that we're supposed to just push people to rate the podcast. Rate the podcast. So there rate the go. podcast. Rate we are still five star. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can rate it. Apple, you can rate it. YouTube, you can like it. But all that helps, I guess, get it out to yeah. more people. All Other right. than that, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, too much. Uh, we are off to a very strong January. So January yeah. was strong. Obviously, we're not turning the calendar into February. But if we were to have a episode every week in January, there would be no doubt it would have smashed any record for a previous really? month. It's been right. ama- more downloads than watches. Maybe it's because of all the crazy stuff we're talking about this month so far. Maybe. And I think <laughs> we have more listeners now than we yeah. have viewers, yeah. which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Next week, I think it's going to be an episode you're going to want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about some fun things that I think you're going to want to see. Uh, but this week, kind of a unique episode, and we'll get to it here about oceans and forecasting the beaches yeah. and yeah. how this job is so tough at times. Yes. Uh, but first, what's new with Jamie? You know uh, we have to ask it. Yeah, Jamie's cranking along. Um, let's see. Not much happening. Um Exciting new announcement this week. Uh, it was on my list. It's like yeah. two peas uh, in a pod. Exciting new announcement. Our uh, former intern, intern like turned, yeah, turned uh, freelance holiday helper um, is going to officially be on the payroll. Yeah. Jenna Greenhill uh, going to be joining the WNBF First Alert weather team. So, mm. so excited for Jenna. You'll be seeing her uh, come March. She just came in. And I wrote uh, when we, she announced it, mm-hmm. positive attitude. <sighs> Even if I was having like a rough day, like oh yeah, shipper yeah, and she, and that's how she is. Yeah. And in case you missed the episode with Jenna, Ooh, I um, like the back selling. Look at that. The yeah, go back and watch it and rate it while you're there. Yeah. Um, just so funny how Jenna came to be. I was mm-hmm. the Merle's Inlet Marsh Walk for. Uh, Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. and this crazy lady came up to me and was like, hey, um, I know this girl who wants to be a meteorologist, and next thing you know, we were FaceTiming uh, right there, and she filled out an internship application the next day, and she came in here as this little shy, timid girl, Yeah, and she left here a different person. Completely different. <laughs> she, uh, she confidence is through the roof. Blossomed yeah. while she was here, and it was amazing to see. And she really proved herself. And uh, so we had this this position, sort of a hybrid pre- position that she's going to be working on, to come up. And there was no doubt in our mind who we wanted for it. And I think for us, we were sitting here talking, okay, how can we get her on the team? Yeah, because we were worried. In fact, we knew if we didn't get her. Someone else was going to get it, and we were going to miss out. Yeah. Um, so kudos to her. She's actually going to be coming here and finishing school. So Which is incredible. Kudos yeah. to Jenna. We yes. can't wait. Yes. Um, it's going to be exciting, no doubt about it. Exciting announcement. What about you for the rest of the week? Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're two boring people. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was kind of just trying to do something over the weekend, and the weather was nice. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit outside yeah. on the patio, yeah. on the porch. We took Brooks out. We have this outdoor bubble maker now. Nice. And he's fascinated <laughs> with the bubbles. Same. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, just seeing also, too, the weather nerd in me, how the winds would shift, which way the bubbles. Yeah. We had a variable wind on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> nerd alert. Um, so you could see, like, the bubbles going off different directions. Well, I went to fun. Charleston over the weekend. on oh, Saturday. Yeah. Well, took a impromptu. Day trip. Yeah, a little uh, impromptu day trip to Charleston on Saturday because the weather was nice. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't want to work outside all day. So yeah. what was the crowd like? Um, it was uh, packed. Yeah. Good. Um, it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> it was just muggy. Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah. And it, it's in and out of the fog, and which you know, it was fine. Yeah. Down there shopping and eating, so I didn't care. I love Charleston, but every yeah. time we go back, it's more packed than the last time. Interestingly enough, this time didn't even go into Charleston. Just sort of I'm around sorry sort of around it sorry charleston i'm kind of over you yeah the like snobs the heart of charleston yeah. i'm just i'm over the parking i'm over the traffic mm-hmm. i'm over king street i'm over meeting street i've done it i've seen it shim creek mount pleasant hung out in all those places yeah and had a better time and they still have interesting things that you could go do it yes yeah. in yeah. fact i enjoy it i think a little bit better yeah it's cool especially if you're taking someone to charleston say hey right. let's go into downtown but other than that no Avoid it. No it's use. like Ocean Boulevard for us in the right. summer. In June. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> We're not going to go. Um, we loved the questions we did last week, kind of getting the conversation started. I feel like you're a really good storyteller, <laughs> and I'm a good planner. Yeah. And that's why we're, yeah, we're two pieces of pot here. Um, but I was thinking of a question that we could have a little fun with before our topic. What's one thing that if you were building your dream home, or you're moving into your dream home that you absolutely have to have. What's one thing that you would want? A beautiful, fairly large greenhouse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Or sort of sort of an attached greenhouse. Not a sunroom, but like a greenhouse. Mm. But maybe attached to the house. Big. Beautiful. Yeah. That's good. Just full of just dripping with plants. Okay. Yeah. I could see you would never leave yeah, the I greenhouse. Wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would just be, yeah, <laughs> hang out there all the time. Pull up a cotton. Yeah. Mine's similar, but it's not greenhouse. It's outdoor space. Mm-hmm. We have a lovely outdoor space at our place right now, but I would love to just have a, a dream house that's a little bit more elevated. So an outdoor, like, uh, fireplace. Yeah. TV up that, to where yeah. I could literally live out there. Yeah. And I have everything I could possibly need. Um, maybe a nice like sectional out there, mm-hmm. roof over mm-hmm. top. Oh, couldn't, yeah, I, I would love it. Imagine would love it. Outdoor space. A lot yeah. of people, I'm sure, would probably say, "Hey, yeah, I want this nice kitchen for me. Nah. It's got to be outdoors." Yeah, give me a small kitchen, it's less to clean. <laughs> but outside, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The same person. Yep. Uh, well, I say we dive into it because let's do it. I see what you did there. Dive into it. Yeah. I don't know how you want to go about this. I was thinking, how do we do this? But let's just introduce it. This all got brought up. Um, there was someone that commented on our YouTube page saying, what are the difficulties of forecasting in Myrtle Beach? There's a lot. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, especially for Grand Strand and Myrtle Beach itself, revolves around the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. I learned that very quickly in yes. my first year here. You kind of just have to be a sponge. Mm-hmm. When, you move, <laughs> when you move to an area that has an ocean and you're like, how does this weather work? You don't really know until you try and you attempt. Yeah. 
and I quickly failed multiple times. Yes, it's the Atlantic Ocean absolutely drives every aspect mm-hmm. of our weather, some more than others, yeah. but it is without a doubt the number one influencer on our local weather. Mm-hmm. Beyond the shadow of doubt. So I was thinking about how we go about this. Mm. Why don't we go season by season? I was thinking that too. Yeah. What season are we going to start yeah. with? Well, let's start with winter. Let's just talk about what we recently had. Yeah, which the I- sea fog. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we're in sea fog season. Yeah. Um, yeah, sea fog. Um, so let's. <laughs> where do we? Where do we even start? <laughs> well, we know our listeners are educated. Yeah, they are we educated. Know the yeah. So the the Atlantic Ocean is sort of the great moderator. Okay, that's it, good. It keeps us little cooler in the summer mm-hmm. keeps us a little warmer in the winter it just kind of helps to sort of ease everything out but its influence is just massive so let's talk how the ocean influences us in the winter okay we'll start with the winter do you want to go as deep as winter forecasting we can touch on it yeah okay um so sea fog yeah, yeah. everybody saw it last week um, sea fog is a thing that we start to deal with around here, usually about this time of the year, usually through about April. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's as simple as the ocean starts to cool off in the fall, continues to cool through the winter, um, and is now sort of getting at its chilliest mm-hmm. point, upper forties, right around 50 for those water temperatures. Um, but like last week, when you have a pattern of warm air coming in, if it's coming off the ocean, if we have an east wind or a southeast wind, if it's warm air and if it's humid air, you're going to get sea fog Yeah, without a doubt Yeah, instantly. And let's talk too, because I think a lot of confusion happens and I got a message about it too. And I try to respond without coming off like so smart, Alec. Uh, it's really not the same as anything we see with the radiational fog in the yeah. typical summer night. Uh, this is not because of clear skies. In fact, you can have sea fog from cloudy conditions, mm-hmm. even with warmth. We had that. Um, the main place that this comes from and originates is the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing, especially if you're outside of the sea fog, like maybe this past weekend, we went down to the Market Common area, and you could just see what you looked see, like yeah. a scary movie yeah. coming your way. And yeah. that sea fog goes back and forth, yeah. depending on the strength of the wind. But out over the Atlantic is where the visibilities are down to nothing. Yeah. And it just sits there until the winds either shift slightly. Mm -hmm. I think it was Friday we had the wind shift a little bit more southwest Mm -hmm. and kind of push the fog a little bit up towards Brunswick. But you get a strong easterly wind of warm air over a cool Atlantic. Yep. And, man. Yeah, you're going to get sea fog. And we will continue to see sea fog in the right pattern until the Atlantic water temperatures start to come up you need that difference Mm -hmm. uh in air temperature water temperature and humidity so usually by april-ish uh the ocean starts to warm up enough that you're not going to get big sea fog you can still kind of have that haze near the beaches all the way through may sometimes but that thick sea fog we're in it i'm glad you brought up temperature difference so let's go back to winter forecasting later the temperature difference of the atlantic and just the typical land let's say conway Aner, florence that is the main driver for a lot yeah. of here in the Atlantic. So as we transition into spring, mm-hmm. severe weather season, summertime as well, the temperature differences start to get pretty drastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this, I think, in a couple of episodes in season one. You get a drastic temperature difference. Eventually, that warm air over land 
has to rise. Mm -hmm. So that warm air rises. Say, let's just take Aner, for example, Conway, even Myrtle Beach. Say the temperature is 80. Atlantic might be upper 50s, lower 60s. Warm air rises. Well, that warm air has to be replaced with something else. The cool water from the Atlantic starts to blow on shore. And that's where the term that you probably hear us say a lot, especially as we begin to warm up. The sea breeze, the sea breeze yeah. comes into play. And yeah. man, what a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, and the sea breeze is something we can get a sea breeze any time of the year. We had one uh, this past Friday Yeah, um, that helped with the sea fog. I was watching the temperature up at North Myrtle Beach. Um, it went from 75 to 66 mm-hmm. in an hour. Yeah. As the sea breeze blew on shore, the fog came in, down the temperature went. We were on record watch yeah, there. Yeah, um, so yeah, the sea breeze is, is always something... Uh, and as long as if air temperatures are getting considerably warmer than than the air over the Atlantic, you're going to get a sea breeze. Yeah, hundred percent. They're they're less common this time of the year because the difference isn't as big as it is in the summer. Yeah, the temperature difference between the land and the ocean isn't as big. Um, but occasionally, even in the winter, we can get a sea breeze. I remember too when we were talking about this in some of the earlier seasons. One of the questions Mark brought up, and I don't think we ever addressed it because we said, "Oh, we'll save that for later." What's it like to forecast the sea breeze? Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll even say the models don't do a great job with it. No. Um, yeah, if you were to trust a model output for Myrtle Beach or North Myrtle Beach, you will fail miserably. Yeah. Um, depending on the warmth and depending on the time of year, yeah. that sea breeze usually moves on shore at a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to have super warm air across our region, you're more than likely going to see a sea breeze move in around lunchtime. Yeah. Also, to throw in... Even more craziness, the wind direction. Wind direction makes a big difference. A yeah. huge difference in the sea breeze. So um, typically the east-southwest or southeast wind, um, wind coming from the Atlantic over the land, um, will usually influence the sea breeze to move on shore faster. Mm-hmm. It's moving with the wind. Temperature difference is already there. And moving further inland. Yes. Uh, a lot of times early in the summer, May, June especially, uh, if we have already in place an east or southeast wind you get a hot day that sea breeze will haul all the way past i-95 yeah i've seen it well past florence yeah. into darlington yeah I've, I've seen them make it all all the way to columbia and charlotte before uh, a sea breeze um if you have a west wind you get what's called a pinned sea breeze mm. um where it tries, to, it, <laughs> it tries to develop yeah uh, but if you have a west wind that sea breeze just will not penetrate inland it'll be stuck right there on the beach yeah when i do the noon my favorite thing is around 11 o'clock before the noon you can usually look at the temperature map Mm -hmm. and say okay are we going to have one today Mm -hmm. and if so how far inland is this going to go and then it's just kind of finagling the forecast um north myrtle beach the position of that sensor is magical because we will see the sea breeze hit there first yeah Tour okay, it's yep. coming, or we need to bump temperatures up. Mm-hmm. If we don't see that sea breeze by noon or even eleven thirty on a hot summer day, mm-hmm. I start to get a little worried with my yeah. forecast. Yeah. All right, where is it, and yeah. is it coming? Um, and that can really be the difference maker on the summer days, the hot, humid summer days. Not to mention when you have the high heat, the humidity, mm-hmm. then you talk about storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, yeah, which a is whole a whole a whole other thing. Um, yeah, let's go back to winter though. Okay. Um, because it, <laughs> the ocean just really throws a wrench into 
winter forecasting, even in our bitter coldest winters, mm-hmm. the ocean, relatively speaking, is going to stay warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to remember, you don't have to go too far offshore until you run into the Gulf Stream, which is always very, very warm. Yeah. Um, so even in the most perfect, wonderful, cold setups for winter weather, if you have any type of an onshore component to your wind, even if it's northeast, you're going to gradually start warming up your temperatures. So whatever frozen, freezing precipitation threat you had, you're always watching mm-hmm. for that intrusion of warm air. Because as cold air moves out over the ocean, because the ocean is so warm and so massive, that air starts to moderate really fast, mm. really fast. You get low pressure offshore, circulation around it gives us an east or northeast wind. You're going to start slinging that warmer air right back in here mm-hmm. in a hurry. Yeah. Usually way faster than the models think it's going to happen, um, which is always such a huge issue for us. That's why we have to have bitter cold air in the perfect storm track for any significant winter weather here. And that perfect storm track, as we've mentioned a million times before, <laughs> low pressure across central Florida, and then basically continuing out to sea, not making that turn north, mm-hmm. out to sea. And what that does is keeps us with a north or even a northwest wind that keeps the warmer air from coming back in. Any westward wind component in our area will significantly help your snow chances. Yes. I've noticed that when I was looking at some of the previous snowstorms that Mm -hmm. we've had. Um, Winds might start northeast, but Mm -hmm. they quickly turn northwest because that low is so deep south. Um, If it's not, like you said, that northeast wind wraps around. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and then it's just a cluttered mess yeah. and a lot of busted forecasts, no yeah. doubt about it. Yep. I've never been in an area, and I've, I'm from Kentucky, where you know these low pressures come through all the time. I've never been in an area, and I thought Kentucky and Indiana, the Kentuckiana line was impossible to forecast for winter weather. But even for the Carolinas, outside of the mountains, mm-hmm. this place is <laughs> tricky. Yeah. Very tricky. And it will humble you completely. Um so I know when we go back to our winter forecast, when I said, hey, it's going to snow, I know mm-hmm. that's a very bold prediction, but mm-hmm. I'm still hopeful <laughs> still that we could get it, um, even if it's just a couple of flurries. So winter weather, tricky, obviously. Um, the ocean is just, it's a massive element to everything that we yeah. do here. Yeah. Everything we do. Spring. Mm-hmm. Let's move into spring. Um, I, and- this is my favorite sea breeze season. It's See, spring into summer. Not, mm, mm-hmm. The sea breeze gets on my nerves in okay, the spring. Okay, yeah. Um, it's not always existent in the spring, uh, which no, I realize. No, so um, obviously the ocean drives more sea fog into spring, like I said, usually through about April. Yeah. Uh, for the immediate beaches in the spring, um, the sea breeze is uh, like a giant wall against any kind of severe weather mm. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so you get a spring day, temperatures in the 70s, maybe 80. You got a perfect setup for severe weather. And it'll happen inland. Mm-hmm. But as any of those severe storms try to move towards the beaches, at least during the spring, if there's a sea breeze, the air behind that sea breeze is a lot more stable because you got to remember it's cool air mm-hmm. coming in off the ocean in the spring because the ocean's still chilly. You will kill a severe thunderstorm in a Quick. second. Quick. In a second. Um, 
So that's always something in the spring. And also in the spring, the sea breeze gets on the nerves because mm. it'll be that beautiful day where it's 75 degrees. Mm. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk on the beach. And then sure enough, that sea breeze hits and it goes from 76 to 57. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid point. And it's, it's tough. I will tell you, I think forecasting in the spring with the sea breeze is a lot easier, especially in the severe weather component, Yeah, which for me is why I love it so much. If there is a Storm Prediction Center outlook mm-hmm. in the spring, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you it will be a level two or three across the I-95 corridor yep. with a sharp cutoff yeah. right through Horry County. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I remember, I think it was two years ago, we had a level one, two, and three risk for yeah. all of Horry County yeah. because it's accounting for right. that that sea breeze so um the confidence at least in severe weather for us at least for the ori county area Mm -hmm. very high yeah because we know that sea breeze is going to kill a lot of those thunderstorm dynamics now um we get into you know the summer months and that's where things begin to change there's a lot more moisture that comes in a lot more moisture and there's a lot more energy in the atmosphere yeah so as that sea breeze pushes inland it's almost like it's I've always it's like a miniature cold front. Mm-hmm. It's a small cold front, and we've all seen it. If you've been here long enough, you know it starts to fire off storms. Yeah, um, and those storms just kind of propagate inland with the sea breeze as far as the sea breeze will go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the right conditions in place, some of those sea breeze storms will go crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think Fourth of July two years ago. Yeah, just insane. Just part. Yeah. Sea breeze moved, and as soon as it felt like it was at a spot it needed to, yeah. it parked itself. And if you were here for Fourth of July two years ago, right? Yeah. Double digit rain. What a water spouts, lightning. Yeah, just just crazy stuff. As far as my favorite type of storms, definitely the summer sea breeze storms are the ones. Yeah. Um, just you could get under some massive yeah rainfall rates. And they're, and they're usually beautiful too. My favorite my favorite summer days are the ones where you're sitting on the beach Saturday afternoon on the beach. Good breeze blowing, it's not too hot, and you under blue skies and brilliant sunshine, and all you have to do is turn around and look, yeah. and there's just that wall of towering clouds yeah. as the sea breeze develops and heads inland. It's funny because the more I go to the beach in the summer, my family will make fun of me. Everyone will be looking at the ocean, mm-hmm. but around it, 12 o'clock, yeah, let me turn, turn my around. chair around yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and look at the other way, yeah. and I'll pull radar up, and you can just see these towers. Yeah. Um, following through but let's also talk about summertime where you at least get some relief yeah and that's where the sea breeze saves us um i mentioned again it's the great moderator (laughs) um that's why it's it's really hard for it to get above 95 Mm -hmm. degrees here at the beaches yeah even harder to make it to 100 like you have to have everything lined up perfect to get triple digit heat on the beach we can do it inland easy but on the beach, it's hard. Now, it's humid as all get out, so mm-hmm. it feels like it's 140. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but because of the humidity that comes with the sea breeze. But the ocean, again, as you as you transition into summer, um, the ocean is warm, but it's still cooler than the air temperature. So that sea breeze also brings in that nice little downtrend in temperatures, usually just about every single afternoon. Yeah, every single afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's nothing better than sitting on the beach. Yeah. And just, you could feel the sea breeze move yeah. right past you. Yeah. And those first, oh, use late May through June, that sea breeze will crank. Yeah. Because again, you're, you're, the ocean is still warming up. Um, 
And so you'll get a strong sea breeze. It'll be gusting 30 miles per hour here on the beach, just right in off the ocean. And it just, oh, it feels good. And for people wondering, too, why you always get that in the temperature difference, we call that a temperature gradient. Mm-hmm. So you get a big difference in temperature. Same thing with a cold front. Yeah. You know, the cold fronts are always windy because you have this usually warm, moist air mm-hmm. and this cold, dry air. And in the middle is where that front lines up. Same thing with the sea breeze. Yeah. So, I mean, we could have a temperature difference of 30 plus degrees in some instances. Yeah. And that is what creates the movement of air on shore for yeah. that sea breeze. I want yeah. to make sure I said that because, yeah. but like, how does this always happen? Yeah. And then as you get later in the summer, mm-hmm. as the ocean temperature continues to creep up, your sea breeze gets weaker and weaker. Yeah. So usually by the time we get into August. Those are the worst days. Those are the worst days. That's why our heat and humidity around here are usually so awful in August. Um, It loses its intensity. So you may get a sea breeze, but it's hard to get it to go further inland because it doesn't have that big temperature difference. Yeah. Um, And without that big temperature difference, you also start to lose your sea breeze thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll just kind of lumber in. It may drop the temperature a degree or two, but by August it's... Awful. Pretty well done, and then we're just <laughs> roasting through hell. <laughs> those, <laughs> those are the days where we hibernate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do oh, so bad, like 8 a.m., brutal humidity yeah. and heat. Um, fall very similar to what we see in spring, except just the mm-hmm. opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to see a little bit more of a sea breeze take place. Not a ton. Um, fall weather around here can be fun. Mm-hmm. Fall weather can also be enjoyable, especially if you're a local. Yeah. Um, September and October beach days. Uh, October for sure. You can't. Yeah, yeah. late September. Yeah. I would say it's got to be after Labor Day, maybe yeah. the end of September. October, though, what mm. a month to be a local. It's good around here. And it's usually, I, I always say September and October are great months unless you have a hurricane. Yeah. Um, it's usually very quiet. <laughs> yeah. There's Weather-wise, it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either very quiet or you're having a hurricane. Yeah. And very, very busy. <laughs> which we'll see with a lot of media yeah. coming our way. Um, a, a couple of people asked last year. We've done this for a year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of people asked about the difference in our 10-day forecast, and I think this is a good place to put it, mm-hmm. with Inland and Grand Strand. In your mind, if you're watching, because really there's not a huge difference like right now. Yeah. But if you're watching us as we approach June and July and August – General rule of thumb for people's temperature when it comes to our forecast, because it's tricky. My tongue-in-cheek answer when people ask, and it's always the new people who ask, uh-huh. um, what's the difference between inland and beach? Yep. Inland, Grand Strand, Petey, where does, where's the dividing line? Yep. I jokingly always say wherever the sea breeze is. <laughs> if you're west of the <laughs> sea good. breeze, you're inland. If <laughs> you're, you're inland. east of it, you're at the beach. But, of course, that varies, as we've yeah. been talking about. It depends. A lot of this time of the year, I basically use the waterway. Same. If you're east of the waterway, you're beach. If you're west of the waterway, you're inland. Um, that's kind of a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Not always the case. I tend to push it a little further inland in the summer. So basically, if you're east of Conway, yeah. so let's say Loris Conway down to Georgetown, if you're okay. east of there, you're pretty well beach. Yeah. Yeah. The most confusing area, <laughs> like there's not a defined line. There's, there's, not. there's not. There's not a marker there's nothing on a map that defines it it's just kind of a fluid um carolina forest you <laughs> listeners in carolina forest you're uh, you were literally the dividing line most of the time yeah 
most of the time. And that's where the art of forecasting comes in. I yeah. know a lot of people fixate on your 10-day and 7-day, but mm-hmm. that's where the graphics at least help us, where we have afternoon highs, yeah. and it lists Carolina Forest, Forest Brook, yeah. Sockasty. Like, we can kind of then really yeah. pinpoint. But as far as your 7-day, if you're inland of the waterway, I would say focus on the inland. Yeah. Um, where it really gets tricky is if we know Florence has a chance to hit triple digits, yeah. but Anor doesn't. It's right. like, well, we're going to side probably on the lower side there, yeah. but still use another map to dictate yeah. maybe triple digit heat for Florence. So great question there. Obviously, the beaches are the beaches full time. So um, anything you want to add on oceans and why they're tough? I feel like there's so much more. There is. We could have gone through. Yeah. I don't know. But how. we won't. <laughs> I guess we're good there. If you have any questions, by all means, that's what this is for, shooting the breeze. If you're yeah. listening and you're like, I wish they would have talked more on this. You yeah, can and just know that us. if our forecast goes completely wrong, it's probably because something the ocean did. Yeah. <laughs> any big busted forecast for you? There's so many. I remember my very first, <laughs> I remember texting you, uh, my very first sea fog day. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's just some fog. Yeah. Yeah. Nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> 10 o'clock, and yeah. I mean, this was thick. Oh, yeah. All the way up into, like, 70 bypass, yeah. past that in the Carolina forest. And I remember sitting there at, like, 1, I was like, man, I have busted mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, 11 degrees off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, 11 it'll, it'll degrees ruin. off yeah. the high. It'll ruin a forecast. Now that I know what I'm looking for, it's yeah. a little a little bit more yeah. easier to pinpoint, but not all the time. Um, and you even you can even have that on normal foggy mornings. Yeah. That's One of the coolest neat. things we gotta we gotta hit on this is that was Kristen <laughs> walking by. I was like, had who to are you wave again. <laughs> um, one of the coolest things that I love, and it's always another tricky thing to forecast, are storms that are out over the ocean. Mm. Think back to the day that we had this severe weather earlier this month, mm-hmm. earlier in January, with all the wind and the tornado threat. Um, we had a very favorable setup for severe weather. And you remember that was the day that we had the tornado pass literally just offshore of Cherry Grove. Um, Those storms out over the ocean are feeding on the incredible warmth of the Gulf Stream. And one of the most magical things to always watch, and it's taken a long time to sort of realize this pattern, if they're sort of paralleling the coast, they may look like they're going to beeline right into Myrtle Beach or make it right into North Myrtle Beach. But usually what those storms are doing are following the warmest water of the mm-hmm. ocean because that's where the energy is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times those storms may be coming right at the beach and they'll just kind of gradually veer mm. off because they're following that intense warmth and humidity out over the ocean. And it's crazy to watch those. Um, you go 20 miles offshore, and it's in a, it's in a completely different world of weather. There are so many times where we may be sitting here 40 degrees in rain, and you go out, you go 20 miles out, it's in the 70s. They're spinning thunderstorms. There's supercells. There's water spouts. Crazy, like, just insane stuff happens just offshore. It's really cool, too. I was reading an article, and I don't know. It was something about um, cruise ships. Mm-hmm. And forecasting thunderstorms out for cruise ships and mm-hmm. out in the Atlantic and mm-hmm. these boats. And they would talk about how storms out over the Atlantic and in the Caribbean mm-hmm. just were the strongest storms they've ever yeah. been through. Yeah. And how 
it happens in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Like you go from clear and sunny to mm-hmm. storm. Yeah. And every crew member they were talking about when they interviewed them said, yeah, there's no doubt like American thunderstorms yeah. are nothing yeah. like what we've seen out overseas. So to, to hear that, and then, of course, when you look in the Gulf Stream and everything, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, man. Yeah, just look at the radar the next time we're having kind of a rainy day with low pressure offshore. Oh, yeah, there's always some spinners. Out and there. I guarantee you, you will see supercells. And they will move in different directions. You'll have two supercells, three supercells. Every one of them's moving in a different yeah. direction. It's crazy out there. It is crazy. When you get a storm kind of like uh, the one we had back in December or whatever, the, the wind mm. out over the ocean, it's nothing to go 30 miles offshore, mm-hmm. and you're gusting to hurricane force. Yeah. And it may be 10 miles per hour here. Just insane even what happens in, out there. Even in some of the winter storms. <laughs> yeah. Because I know next yeah. episode we're talking about some of the more notable winter storms that mm-hmm. weren't 1989. Um, even in some of those, mm-hmm. the frying pan. Oh yeah, just yeah, frying 90 pan. 90 to 100, there. just yeah. cranking, easy cranking. So yeah, it's just it's a different world out there, and that's why you know mm-hmm. those boaters have to pay attention to the small yeah. craft gale yeah. warning and and stuff that you probably see on boat and beach forecasts. You're yeah. like, why is that out there? Yeah, it's for that's instances why. like yeah. that. Um, let's answer some breeze questions. Let's do it. Let's do it now. On the Sea Breeze episode. I promise I'm not going to put any back this time. I felt got, so you bad. You got some flack. I did. I felt so bad last week. I was I was watching. I was like, oh, Jamie, that was Oh. No. So I promise I'm not going to put any back. But okay. You, but you go first. <laughs> mm. What influences the paths taken by tornadoes and hurricanes? Carrie. Carry so the path of tornadoes associated with hurricanes. Uh, and it looks like two. <laughs> Again, a yeah. whole other episode. Our people are getting too smart. Honestly, our people are getting too smart. They tornadoes are. and hurricanes. So yeah. let's do hurricanes first. And okay. if we don't get to tornadoes, we could touch on that because I do want to do a severe weather episode, like yeah. a, just a deep dive. So every time I talk to a group or whatever about hurricanes, I always say to determine where a hurricane is going to go, you don't forecast You don't forecast where the hurricane is going. Mm, that's good. You forecast everything around the hurricane. A hurricane moves, let me th- use my example, throw a leaf into a stream, mm-hmm. and that leaf is going to follow the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Wherever that water current is going to go, that leaf is going to go. Yeah. That's how you forecast a hurricane. Yeah. A hurricane's movement. Because it's going to go, it's going to follow the path of least resistance. It's going to find any little weakness it can to make a turn, to make a jog, to make a wobble. Yeah. That's the simple part of how you forecast where a hurricane's going to go. And typically that could be the strongest winds wherever they're guiding. Um, mm-hmm. That could also be your Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on the time of year for that. Mm-hmm. But remember, too, when we're forecasting that, we can kind of see where that current's going to be. And then we could also see, okay, what's the water temperatures like along that current? Mm -hmm. Um, Warm, moist um, water temperatures or warm water temperatures of the Atlantic, a warm, moist environment just fuels these hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Um, If this were to be moving into colder water or start to track away from the tropics, uh, depending on what that track would be, and of course, the intensity is going to change, but typically they like to follow where the warm water is. Yep. 
And then we always keep an eye, and we've said it before: steering flow, high pressure. The steering, the steering. What's kind currents. of guiding that? Yeah. What's pushing that, and where's it being pushed? What I look for every day during hurricane season, if we have a storm in the Atlantic, is where is its path? Mm, yep. As we all know, if you've watched, if you've paid attention, the vast majority of hurricanes out there make that turn off to the north. The vast majority of them misses. They stay out there in the Atlantic. If there's a storm that we see popping up off the coast of Africa in the central Atlantic near the Caribbean or the Bahamas, first thing I look for is where's its path? Mm. Where's its path? Or more importantly, is its path blocked? Mm. Because if its path north is blocked, then you start talking about a U.S. threat. And then, of course, you narrow down to the potential threat area. But, yeah, every storm out there, where's its path? What's it, what's it, what is the escape route for this one? And if you don't have an escape route... <laughs> Then you start get that's the storm you have to look at yes. and worry about. And that's and that's the beauty of hurricanes is we do have a little bit more time compared to like tornadoes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of research being done and Carrie, I will promise to bring this back up. Um, the general path of a tornado, obviously the path is a little bit tougher with a tornado. Mm-hmm. It's more of a real time thing, but there's a lot of great studies being done. One from Oklahoma, um, to where they're actually looking at the average storm path based off the um compass. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's southwest to northeast yep. along that line. Occasionally, you'll get some storms that travel due east. Yeah. Um, but let me just say, those are more of the mesoscale features that we'll talk about coming mm-hmm. up in severe weather. Hey, where's the potential for tornadoes to form? Mm-hmm. And then once we have that, okay, now let's focus yep. on its path. It's not like hurricanes where we know there's a signal Mm-hmm. And here's where it could potentially be. It's yeah. completely different yeah. um, when it comes to that. And we'll touch more on that for the severe weather. In, a, in sort of the broad sense, a tornado a tornado is going to be dragged along by its thunderstorm. Yeah, great. So you get a big, tall thunderstorm. Yep. It's up and it's reaching up into the, you know, 40,000, 50,000 feet. It's into the upper level winds. And that's what's pushing it yep. along. Um, so the entire thunderstorm is getting pushed along by those upper level winds. Now, little tornado is dragging right along with it. Yep. And that's kind of your general motion yeah but we and, can't forecast and most storm where motion is that's gonna happen yeah, yeah. but usually um, southwest and northeast especially around here it's your turn yeah okay <laughs> i was I'm, over here picking one let's see we're running out of time already can man. you please explain what a 30 percent chance of rain really means Ugh. ron i feel like we could do a whole nother episode on this we to let you in on little inside baseball we call it pops yeah probability of precipitation mm. pops the most difficult question to answer, too, uh, because it's different on the day for me. And I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I will. Um, for instance, you can have rain that's going to come in for only a period of the day. Mm-hmm. Most of the area might see it, but yet I'm not going to forecast 100%. Right. Because it's not an all-day washout. Yes. Traditionally, um, it is the forecast area that m- picks up measurable rainfall in a given day yes that is the traditional answer right i like to say it is the percent of area that will see rain yep unless it's like a day that we had maybe earlier this week where we've had a little bit of light showers mm-hmm. i know they're going to be in and out of here mm-hmm. it's not going to take all day 30 percent. yeah that's it's kind of the science of forecasting yeah the the if you were to look at the National Weather Service, they're going to do gonna, the official keep, term. Keep going. I was going to look up. I was literally going to look up the Weather Service definition. Because uh, theirs is something confidence times. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's why that's one of the reasons why we don't do science speak. <laughs> um, because I just. It's the confidence 
of what percentage of the area will receive measurable precipitation. And and for us, the confidence is just kind of, it always comes into our forecast. Like, I'm going to forecast something based on how confident I am. Correct. Even if a model says, hey, it's going to rain all day Saturday, if I'm not fully confident in that, you're not going to see me put a 100% chance of rain in there. So, right. granted, I'm not going to explain that to the viewer because then we're going to confuse them even more. <laughs> the pro- weather service definition, the probability of precipitation, POP, simply, descri- simply describes the probability that the forecast grid point, so one point in your forecast area, yeah in question, will receive at least one hundredth of an inch of rain. So a 40% probability for at least one hundredth of an inch of rain at a specific point. Point. Who the cares? <laughs> that... <laughs> Love it. Always go off on a rant. Yeah. That is where the psychology of weather, again, comes in. Ooh, that's a great if I know If I know that it's going to be a day where it rains from sun up to sundown, you're going to see a 100% chance of rain yeah. because it's simple. You see yeah. that, you know it's going to rain. Like you said, if it's going to rain in the morning and then the sun's going to be out in the afternoon, we know the whole area is going to see rain in the morning. I'm not going to go 100% because yeah. the people sitting at home are going to glance up while they're doing a million other things, see a 100% chance and know that, and think that it's going to rain all day. No, so we'll throw in a 60% yeah. percent chance. Summer, 20% chance. That's <laughs> every a, day. Every day. That's honestly kind of a lot of times in the summer. In the summer a that's cover. a CYA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a CYA chance. Because yeah. you know somewhere, the sea breeze, the heat, it's going to pop off a storm somewhere. Yeah. Almost every single day in the summer around here. And we don't need someone calling about Billy Bob's birthday and how. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll throw so, it in. There's a part of me that wishes we could get rid of the chance of rain on a, on a seven-day or ten-day forecast. Yeah. But then the other part of me is no. Yeah. I think, I think the viewing public is starting to get used to it and know what it means. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to verbalize it, too. If it is a day where we're only going to have scattered showers, instead of saying there's a 30% chance of rain, I'll say... About 30% of you watching will have a downpour. Mm. The other 70% of you, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But 30% of you or 20% of you. Yeah. Or there's an 80% chance that it won't rain. Just kind of to, you know. Now, of course, that one person who's under that one shower that forms, well, you said it was only going to be a 20% chance rain. Happens all the time in the summer. Well, there's your 20%. Go buy a lottery ticket. I've seen a couple of people, too, switch to where it's chance, scattered, likely, isolated. And that's people just... People don't know. That's just like what we talked about yeah. last episode with yeah. the Storm Prediction Center. Yeah. So there's really not a good way to do it other there's, than how we communicate it. Yeah, there's not. It, and it literally just comes down to how we communicate it. One of my mentors when I was an intern in Charlotte, <laughs> couldn't say this anymore, with the day and age we're in every almost every day he in the summer he would say we're going to have showers sprinkled around like freckles on a pretty girl's face right you won't forget it you won't forget it but you also have that visual yeah here and there yeah like freckles on a pretty girl's face yeah yeah hmm yep look at that yeah um next week yes winter weather most 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 notable storms outside of the 1989 
snowstorm. Yeah. We did that on the finale. I know if you're in the area and you missed that, you could go back. It's the season two finale. Yep. Um, I didn't have a voice on that episode. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun time. Next week, we're going to dive into some of the other notable storms um, and answer more shooting the breeze questions. Believe it or not, we're up on time for wow. this episode. That went fast. Went really fast. Which is surprising because it was kind of boring there at the beginning. Yeah, hopefully we didn't bore people. Yeah. Hopefully we still got people listening. Yeah. Well, we had to we had to touch on some weather a little bit after surgeries and all the other stuff that we Touché. we've done the first two episodes. A lot of weather next week. Photos. Yeah. Maybe videos. I don't know if we have videos. Um, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back next Thursday. Uh, for that, it does it, though. Episode yeah. 37. Appreciate it, y'all. See y'all.